Hello everyone and welcome to the Highlander cast. I am your first host, Vance. Uh, with me as usual is Sav. Hello everyone. And we're doing our first Modern Horizons 2 episode. Um, it's definitely going to be a two-parter because there's still like 150 cards to be spoiled or something <laughs> ludicrous. Um, but we needed to do some because there are too many good cards in this set. Oh, it's ridiculous. Um, like, I made my initial cut-down list out of the like 230 that have been spoiled, and I think I have 56 or something, oh. um, which we're not going to cover all of today. So today we're going to talk about some of our favourites, some of the cycles, and we'll start you know, getting into things, but um, we're just going to... Go through some cards and cut off. So if we haven't covered the card you care about the most, um, yeah, we probably know. Um, <laughs> yep, so, there's so many good cards. Oh, there are so many. And the first set I want to talk about are a cycle. Um, so it's a cycle of five cards, which are... So they're all creatures with evoke, exile a card of their color. So like exile a green card for the green one. Um, and they're all great. Uh, well, they're, they're all at least we, good. We don't know whether or not the red one is going to be, but... It, the red one just got spoiled while oh, you really? were Okay, uh, let me guess, is home. it trash? Is it make, uh, make a I, bunch of I elementals think the red one's or the worst. Okay. <laughs> I think the red one's the worst, but I'm prepared to be wrong. But I'll, I'll read through them. So the first one uh, is the white one. Uh, it's called Solitude. So it's three white white for a three two with flash and lifelink. And when it enters the battlefield, exile up to one of the target creature... That creature's controller gains life equal to its power. Um, and it's got Evoke, Exile, a white card. So all of these are going to follow the same format, which is it's a it's a decently large creature um, for a decent mana cost. Not, you know, it's not going to be below rate. It's going to be, you know, except for the green one, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> overall, it's going to be a decent creature. But the main thing is... It does an impression of force of X, you know, um, where well, yeah, you pitch it, it a... casts a spell, yeah. Yeah, you pitch a card and you do this thing. There's so many other little sub-themes where it's a creature that enters the battlefield, it's a creature that leaves the battlefield if you're evoking it, and so on and so forth. Um, they all have flash, so they're all going to be do it, done at instant speed. They don't speed. all have flash. Oh, wait, what? They don't? Okay. Well, oh, um, that's right. Yeah, the, the three of the ones that we're going to talk about primarily... Solitude, Endurance, and Subtlety have uh, Flash, and the um, Grief does not have Flash, and Red is Trash. Got it. Okay. Uh, well, so, so I don't think Red's Trash, but I think it's worse. Okay. Red is called Fury. <laughs> um, so um, let, let's read through all, all of them, and then we'll talk about them as a group. Mm -hmm. Yeah? Yep, sounds good. So, so the green one is Endurance. It's one green green for a 3-4 three three, with Flash and Reach. That's already kind of good. Mm, yeah, that's good, right? When Endurance enters the battlefield, up to one target player puts all the cards from their graveyard on the bottom of their library in a random order. Mm-hmm. Yep. The blue one is uh, two blue-blue for a 3-3 three, three with Flash and Flying, which is an okay raid. Mm -hmm. um, and when it enters the battlefield, choose up to one target creature spell or planeswalker spell. Its owner puts it on the top or bottom of their library. Uh, the black one is Grief. It's two black-black for a 3-2 with Menace. When Grief enters the battlefield... Uh, target opponent reveals their hand. You may choose a non-land card from it. That player discards mm -hmm. that card. Um, and the red one is called Fury, and it's in the Discord somewhere. Hang on. Um, is it like makes X elementals? They stay. They no, have no. It, trample. It, it casts Pyrokinesis. Um, oh, okay. All right. right. So it's three red, red for a three-three with double strike. And when it enters the battlefield, it deals four damage dividers you choose amongst any number of target creatures and/or planeswalkers. Oh, okay. It's not as bad as I thought it would be. <laughs> right. Yeah, look, having double strike and flash would have made it ridiculous because you would just obliterate the opponent's team, but mm -hmm. not having flash makes this a lot less attractive to me. But um Yeah, let's yeah. which one which one do you think is the best? Okay. Um so I think the the first thing before kind of naming the best, uh what I do want to do is just chat about um their their back half being their front half, you know? So, like, the creature side yeah, is yep. probably going to be considered the back half. You're primarily going to be using that front half to do things way, way earlier than you should be allowed to do the thing. Um, yeah, I think that's true of all of them except the green yes. ones. Yeah, 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 true. So, um, 
if we look at it from that perspective, so let's evaluate them as force of wills, so to speak. Um, the, the easiest one to kind of look at first is the blue one because we go, hey, is it force of will? So we're exiling a blue card from our hand. We're not losing a life, um, but we get to counter specifically a creature spell or a planeswalker spell. Um, so it's not force of negation. Um, and it you put it back on the top or bottom of their library. They get to choose that. Uh, but if they choose to put it on top of their library, it is fundamentally countering the spell. Then they draw another version of that in their next draw step. So um, it does a really, really close approximation of Force of Negation, where it's a niche counter spell, but it does it for free. Now, well, the... yeah, it's it's like Force of Negation, except it's Essence Scatter instead. Kind yeah, of. exactly, exactly. So it, this is probably, you know, I, I was honestly expecting uh, Subtlety when it was, uh, you know, uh, before it was spoiled, I was expecting it to be, um, you know, Force of Negation, but instead Force of Remove Soul, you know? that that That's what I was kind yeah. of expecting it to be. Um, it, it's actually, uh, you know, not a straight up that, because you've got the the you know the tucking effect or the, the top of the deck effect depending on what they choose, but also um, you can counter a planeswalker, and that's that's like legitimately a good thing in Highlander. Highlander's planeswalker you know numbers are really really high. Um, now initially you would say, hey, the whole reason you want force of negation is to stop your opponent doing busted stuff. So I don't want to counter a creature. I want to counter a non-creature spell. But in reality... Um, creatures are so good these creatures days. Creatures are... Re- yeah. How many times have you sat there with force of negation in your hand? Your opponent just jams Titania and you're like, ugh, well, I guess this game's over. Um, and I think the other subtle thing about subtlety is it's not countering it. So if your opponent mm. plays uh, Thrun the Last Troll, oh my goodness, this actually does you know a decent impression of a counterspell against that uncounterable creature. Yeah, how how often have you just sat there with the Thrun being resolved on the other side? Yeah, oh, why did I keep this days up or not days? Days a bad bad example. <laughs> it's always up. Like it, it only uh, buys you one turn against Thrun, but one yeah. turn is you know a lot better than no turns. Now the 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 best part of this is you know we're evaluating this solely as its front half. You know, just looking at subtlety alone, we're va- evaluating it as the hey, you're never going to do the other side. You know, like are, are we ever going to do that? In in reality, in Highlander. You are absolutely casting subtlety as a flash flyer for three, uh, three three as a, for a three three four for a three three. Um, it it it's like really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it really is. Like mm. a four mana three three flyer is quite respectable. Um, like you wouldn't play it with no other text. No one's out there yeah. playing phantom monsters. Yeah, but yeah. this has two other kinds of text. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, so I would say subtlety is is up there as one of the one of the you know uh, universally good ones. Now the others are not universally good, but in niche areas they are insane. Like have you have you seen endurance and the the um, the tucking all of their you know cards from their graveyard how Ruin much that oh, day. yeah it ruins so many things you know <laughs> at first i looked at it, i'm like oh yeah cool yep yeah. uh, get rid of that life from the loan that no one plays right now um or you know stop that reanimator player who you know are you playing this in your main deck specifically for a reanimator uh, if you're bringing it in from the sideboard are you pitching a green card to do it you know like why don't i just want tormod script but the fact that it is in like eminently main deckable because hey, uh, Thassa's Oracle, you know, holds up spell pierce, and you go, no, good luck, pal. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna deal with that. <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, for those who who, who don't kind of uh, know exactly how that works, uh, they've got cards in their deck, and as long as their devotion, you know, they they had three cards in their graveyard, uh, and their devotion is only two from the Thassa's Oracle. Yeah, yeah, having having a great day. Um, the yeah, it doesn't win the game on the spot, but it makes their life incredibly difficult. Exactly. So, so endurance. I think that even though the um, the bonus ability of you know tucking some cards seems like ah oh, 
You know, is this just tacked on text onto a 3-4 flyer? I, I think the fact that it has evoke and has the flexibility of going, hey, I don't just insta-lose the game against certain decks and I don't need to hold it open. It just is there in my hand and I pitch a Findhorn Elves to it. Uh, makes it really, really good in the current Highlander metagame, I believe. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So... Um- Go on. I, I would say uh, Solitude's the worst of these, um, and uh, that's. See, I, I, I don't know. I think Solitude's actually. Um, I think it's quite reasonable, but but go on. Yeah, I think uh, my my reasoning is uh, it's Swords to Plowshares, right? So. Um, do I want to evoke Swords to Plowshares? Um, swords to Plowshares cost one mana. So uh, evoking something that would otherwise give you an effect that costs one mana is usually not great. Endurance, on the other hand, uh, its back-end cost, you know, the three mana, is eminently playable, whereas a five mana, three, two flash lifelink, uh, it just puts it in a really awkward spot where the two ends are not particularly uh, things I want it's to be true. doing. Yeah, it's true. Like, I still think it's quite good, mm. but at the same time, you're right that neither of it's it's not priced to move in the same way that endurance and subtlety are. Exactly. Whereas grief, on the other hand, um, unmask. You know, un- unmask is and is an you know old card that doesn't see play in Highlander, but basically you can pitch a pitch a black card and um, you know. Disc, you know, I mean, this is exactly Unmask, right? Yeah, so this is the strict upgrade to Unmask uh, in for a number of reasons. You know, well, like it doesn't get spell it's not pierced. It's a strict upgrade, and, but go on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but in Highlander, uh, games are, you know, you, you're playing Reanimator, let's say. And your whole game plan is, I want to just get out from underneath my opponent really, really early. I'm just going to put this huge thing into play on turn two before anything happens. But that does not always happen. In Highlander, unlike, say, Legacy, where your game plan is really consistent, and if you don't do the thing, you lose the game. Uh, In Highlander, if Reanimator doesn't do the thing on turn two... Uh, it can do the thing on turn seven and it's still in the game. Grief allows you to just go, hey, um, you know, I'm not saying play it in Reanimator. I'm saying that uh, it has the effect of if I want to protect my combo really early in the game, I'll pitch to Grief and discard their, you know, counterspell. But in the late game, I'll just cast Grief. (laughs) I'll just cast this three, two menos. So the only drawback this has against Unmask is um, Unmask can target yourself. Which is a thing that sometimes you want to do if you're playing Reanimator, but um, it has a lot of upsides. So one of the things that is a potential, you know, hilarious early game for this, um, more than probably the others, is but they're all good with it. Uh, is the card Ephemerate? Um, so so you go, you know, turn one, exile a thing, play a land that produces white, play Grief, Ephemerate it. Take some cards from your hand next turn. Take another card from your hand. Um, like, you get to... You've used a lot of resources to do this, obviously, so it's not the greatest thing in the world, but uh, your opponent's having a really bad day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, if their hand was at all dubious and it's just got nothing now. <laughs> so accurate. Um, so, so, yeah, how, so that's... How do, how do we want to uh, approach this... Um, this block of spoilers. How how should we? Uh, so our my discussion? my suggestion was we start by going through our top seven ish um, cards each, just as you know things things that jumped out at you that excited you that aren't they're not necessarily the seven best cards in the set. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just seven cards you're like oh. Um, I can go first if you'd like. Yeah, all right. You, what's your number seven? Then I'll do my number seven. I think my list might be eight cards. Oh, that's okay. I'll just pick <laughs> one that I'm sure you'll talk about, and I'll um, not list it on mine. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, so the first one I'm going to list is Civilian of Sea and Sky. Oh, yeah. Because um, I just think it's it's narrow, but it's really good. So... Mm. Uh, Sivilun is blue blue one for a three four legendary creature Merfolk God. Yep. Um, she has indestructible as long as you control at least two other Merfolk. Whenever she attacks, draw a card. Other Merfolk you control have Ward one, which means your opponent needs to pay one to target them. Yeah. So uh, 
Merfolk is a you know eminently playable deck in Highlander. Uh, it's kind of green blue mostly, and there's. You know, I think it would have been about three, four years ago. It was lacking the critical mass to make it really, really consistent, and you were playing some really fringy characters. <laughs> but now it's getting to the point where the density of very good Merfolk is is so high that you can play singleton deck, and it's um, you know rather good. And even in just what we've seen spoiled so far, there's two playable one drop Merfolk. Um, oh yeah. Are you talking about the, either of them? Because I think just mention them in this in this discussion. The, yeah, uh, they're, they're not on my list, but yeah. So there's one which is um, so it's a one mana one one gets plus one plus one if your opponent controls an island, and if you pay a kicker, one of your opponent's lands becomes an island until it leaves play. Um, mm-hmm. And there's another one which is one for a one one merfolk that has one tap uh, tap a land. So it's, it's, it's Richardin merfolk yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Um, I think. That they've been really pushing in this particular set the one drop merfolk slot, uh, and then obviously this you know Svelun kind of matches up with that theme of having a couple of merfolk in in this set. Um, yeah, there's a number of themes that they seem to have gone pretty hard on. But anyway, what's your um, first one you want to talk about? All right, so um, number seven on my list, and this is in you know uh, I was going to say no specific order. It is a specific order, but you know, I haven't perfectly refined them to the exact uh, sequence of seven. But I think the bottom, but still interesting of my list, is Priest of Felrites. Uh, so this is a, a an Orzov casting cost. So it's just a black and a white. Oh, yep, yes, I know this one. Mm. And it has the ability tap, pay three life, and sacrifice it. Uh, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield, activate as a sorcery. So that that ability has been around, you know, on that uh, necromancer from um, Apprentice Necromancer, or something like that, from, you know, Odyssey or something along those lines. Um, but that was only on a three drop, you know, and this is this is a, a two drop, a com- you know, aggressively costed two mana two two that lets you pay a bit of life and reanimate uh, some, you know, big boy. Uh, the key though is Unearth. Uh, having Unearth of three black and a white, uh, allowing you to just return it to the battlefield, it has haste, and then you exile it. Uh, this is really good, I think. Um, you know, it's not going to be some uh, absolutely broken, busted card that's going to go in every single deck. But what I, where I imagine playing it is not actually Reanimator. So I'm sure Reanimator decks will enjoy playing something like this. But for me, I'd like to play it in a deck like uh, Junk, you know, where you just uh, Abzan value creatures and... You just got it sitting on the curve there. You've got a 2-2 for 2. And they go, well, I'm not going to remove that 2-2 for 2. And you go, okay, that's fine. It'll attack for 2. And then a couple of turns later, they're like, well, I'll kill your Tarmogoyf, but that Tarmogoyf's coming back and that Priest of Felrites is going to become a Tarmogoyf. You know, okay, yeah, I guess I'll just deal with this speed bump. But then um, when all the dust settles, you just go, 5 mana, return my Titania. (laughs) It seems kind of (laughs) cool. Yeah, look, um, it is. And, and the back half does a decent impression of the back half of Unburial Rites. Ah, um, nice. Oh, so that's where the, the name, yeah, yeah, Fell Rites. Okay, got it. Yeah, got yeah, it. yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Minor this, this set is full of uh, references. Like, it's mm. absolutely jammed with references. Oh, yeah. Some of yeah. which I don't get, I'm pretty sure, but some of them I definitely do. Yeah, I think we've got, um, we had this pile of honourable mentions that I kind of uh, uh, tried to string together at the end. And if we have <laughs> any time, I'll try and power through them. But there's like 20 cards that I just went, I want to talk about this. Nah, <laughs> we just don't have the time to talk about this. <laughs> well, yeah, look, I'll after try through these, there's still yeah. 30 cards that I want to talk about. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'll try and <laughs> so, string So some my number six spot um, is out of time. So, oh. out of time is it's a it might be terrible, but um, it's really interesting. So it's one white white for an enchantment. When it comes into play, you uh, untap all creatures and then phase them out, mm-hmm. and they stay phased out while out of time is in play. And then you put a vanishing a fading counter, vanishing counter, time counter, whatever they are, onto out of time, and it has vanishing. So. Basically, the more creatures you're in play, the longer they stay away. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a three-mana wrath a lot of the time. Mm. Like, yes, if the game goes for another three or four turns, everyone's creatures come back. But 
Um, you know, it gives you plenty of time to prepare for them coming back, play your own bigger things in the meantime. Um, mm. If you want, there's various ways you can bounce it and replay it. And yeah, I think it's just a really powerful effect for a three mana card to have. Yeah, that is really interesting because uh, if you're the aggro deck and on turn three you play a critter and that doesn't have haste, and then on turn three your opponent plays out of time and just goes, hey, just put these away for put these under a hat. You know, your one drop, two yep. drop, and three put them drop. In hat zone. Yeah, hat zone. There's three of them. They're gone. They're gone for three turns or two, two to three turns. Um, that and then they start to stabilize. That doesn't feel good on a, as a turn three play. The the part that I think is going to be really sweet is playing it literally in the mid-range mirror like you play Parallax Wave, where you go, yeah, well, um, I've just got Parallax so much value. a good comparison. Yeah, yeah, you just got all this value, value critters that, you know, Kitchen Finks and the like, you know, those those types of critters that have more than just gain two life, you know, they have return a land to the battlefield, you per return your wasteland, you know. Um, yep. So you, if you're out of time, all the things, but your creatures gain value again, when they come back yep. in again, I can see it being played in, in a mid rangey deck too. Yeah. Um, and and the other thing that you can do to make it even better against the aggro decks is, you know, on turn two, you played uh, Wall of Omens. Mm-hmm. Um, so their creatures stay away for an extra turn, and when they come back, you draw a card. Oh, this would be so annoying in a control deck, you know, tap out control. Yep. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So, yeah, I think this card's really good. All right, so my number six card uh, is Brainstone. Now... <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> It's, yeah. it's got some, like, weird, creepy art on it. Um, and it's, you know, got the threes represented there and three eyes. And, yeah, it's, it's kind of cool, kind of creepy. Anyway, uh, it is one mana for an artifact. Uh, and the ability of the artifact is to tap it, sacrifice Brainstone, Brainstorm. Um, I am a huge fan of Brainstorm, obviously. Everyone knows I've played a deck what? that always has Brainstorm, you know? What even? Um uh, and it's hard for me to sleeve up a deck that doesn't have Brainstorm in it. If it's mid-range, still playing Brainstorm. Um, the the uh, one thing that I uh, notice a lot is, you know, disciplined Brainstorm players play their Brainstorm incredibly late in the game, you know, as, long, as late as possible, um, especially in Highlander when you have only one of them. Uh, so the fact that you're going to play this, you know, deploy a Brainstone, stick it out the, uh, onto the battlefield, and then later on cast it for two mana, cast Brainstorm for two mana, I would pay that rate. You know, it's not a good rate, um, it's a passable rate. The reason that it excites me, however, is that Trinket Mage gets it. So, you know, just having the ability to um, always have something in your deck, because so often you play your Trinket Mage and you find your, you know, Soul Ring or, you know, whatever uh, key piece you're, you're playing, like Skull Clamp, um, you, pay, you get your pointed card, and then after that you go, I have an Artifact Land, you know, or some, some, one other card, or a Chrome Mox, that's usually the one, right? Ah, uh, Chrome Mox, you know, my Explosives is in my sideboard, so... You know, you really, really often uh, end up having a bad Trinket Mage. Uh, this kind of makes your Trinket Mage always relevant <laughs> in, the, in the late game. Um, so I kind of I like the card. I don't know if I'm going to be jamming in literally every deck that I jam Brainstorm in, but I'll definitely be jamming it in decks that I jam Trinket Mage in, which is usually like, you know, time bolt mid-range decks. So, yeah, I can, I can see it have being quite a lot of fun. Hey, you can also Academy Ruins it back. So, you know, there's fun fun stuff you can do with this Brainstone. Um, what's your number five? So my number five card is Flame Blitz. Mmm, interesting. I don't um, even know what this card does. <laughs> uh, it it um, costs a red. It's an enchantment. It has Cycling 2. Uh, um, but uh, its text yep. is, at the beginning of your end step... Flame Blitz deals five damage to each Planeswalker. Wait, so it doesn't just deal the damage on as a sorcery. It just kills all Planeswalkers and then kills them again and then kills yep. them again. Yep. I, I totally misread this card. When you said enchantment, I, I was like, I don't know this card. And then when you read the text, I'm like, oh, wait, I know this card. It's that sorcery that deals five damage to all Planeswalkers. <laughs> no, no. It's an enchantment. What? Um, wow it's it's one of a number of cards in this set that is going to significantly increase the value of enchantment removal for a lot of decks because (laughs) yeah if you're playing a planeswalker heavy deck and your opponent plays this and they get to their end step then you're just like wow 
pack up and go home, team. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh man, that is that um, is rough. <laughs> yeah, no longer yeah. are the days of you know uh, cast Jason Mind Sculptor fate seal it to get it out of bolt range. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> and they're he like, ah. <laughs> kills Oko. Wow, <laughs> um, most of the time, but it certainly kills Oko eventually. And this this has cycling too, so when it's irrelevant, it's always relevant. Yeah, that's right. Um, and it costs great. one mana, which means you can just deploy it at the start of the game, or even if it's later in the game, like um, you can defend it pretty easily if you've got your own uh, counter spells and so on. Yeah, when I I saw it as a sorcery, thinking it was a sorcery, I I thought to myself, it does oh, look cool. like a sorcery. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's cool. Yeah, we've got more ways to just completely destroy all the planeswalkers and. Now that it's an enchantment, it it literally does what Seal of Cleansing and Seal of Primordium do over Disenchant, which is in a mid-range deck, you just play it. You know, you don't don't care that, you know, their Blood Moon's going to come down later and you're going to have to respond to it. You're on curve, you just put it out there and just say, well, no, I've got this. It's it's there and it's doing its thing. Um, Yeah, I'm impressed. (laughs) This this, This is a stacked set. So what's um, your number five? All right, so my number five is a card that looks super boring, and you'll probably be like, "Why? How are we going to talk about this for many minutes?" Um, but it is Yavimaya Cradle of Growth. Uh, this is legendary land. Each land is a forest in addition to its other land types. It is Urborg Tomb of Yorgmoth uh, as a green card. Uh, this is great. This card is just an absolute instant Highlander staple. Uh, get a copy. Uh, I I think that, you know, there's going to be heaps of these types of cards in this set, you know, the instant staples, obviously. But this is one of those cards that you will just always play. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. And no, it is, no question about it. <laughs> it it's really powerful. Um, and it is definitely the card that I removed from my list because I'm like, Sarv will definitely have this one. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so <laughs> and anyone who knows me knows that I uh, will play... Um, greedy mana bases that are what they look on on paper they look just like what how why are you doing this and then you know they you expect them to have mana troubles and i just never have mana troubles because you just if you math it out properly your your um uh mana base of like seven basic lands and prismatic vista and a bunch of fetch lands and an astrolabe does allow you to cast Liliana the Last Hope, uh, Titania, and also Counterspell. <laughs> you know, this is it is it's just disgusting the way magic mana bases has have become. Um, but Yavimaya lends a tool to my mana base building that will allow me to uh, continue to be greedier and greedier whilst still not getting wrecked by Blood Moon and in many cases playing Blood Moon in my decks. So, yeah, yep. look, Urborg, Tomb of Yorgmoth has been a staple for ages. Yep. Uh, I think this card is maybe better than better. it. Better, yeah, agreed. It is in the um, right colours for it to be better. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, you it's... play both of these. You play this and Urborg in your green-black X decks. So good. Um, well, the... you play this and your Arbor Elf untaps any land. Ah, oh, so impressive. I am I am just stoked that this card exists. I, I can't <laughs> wait to be told about someone going, uh, library of Al- tap library, draw this, play it. Untap library, draw another card. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm so in for that. Uh, also, just uh, as, as as a note, like if if you're playing junk and you're just playing a uh, you know value junk pile, uh, you should just be playing this. Even though and Knight of the Reliquary and you know Gaia's Cradle. Um, if you if you own a Gaia's Cradle, you'll find uses for all of these cards alongside your Strip Miner Wasteland. Guess what? Your Strip Miner Wasteland they tap for green <laughs> that i don't have that downside anymore yeah i absolutely I'm, goes in lands yeah and anyway, yeah. we could talk about this card for so good so um, what's your number four my this? number four is damn oh yes it is actually my number four as well we can talk about it in tandem or damn <laughs> <laughs> um because this card i mean a it's got a sweet name but it's so good um mm. so the text of damn for anyone who hasn't seen it is Black, black, destroy target creature. It can't be regenerated. Mm-hmm. So that's already terminate. Like, 
Mono Black Terminate would already be worth talking about. Yeah. And then it's got Overload. Oh, I thought the Overload was black. There you go. The Overload is too white white, apparently. Mm, yeah, it's really cool. Uh, I had misread that previously, but it's still amazing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, this card is like... Terminate or Wrath of God is an incredible split card. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine that we'd be talking about this in, you know, flashback <laughs> to pre-2019, okay? So let's imagine we were in 2018. Ren and Six was 2018, right? I think it was I think it was then. And we saw Ren and Six like, oh, this is insane. Can you believe it? 2018 is so jacked. Look at this. We've got this amazing Planeswalker. Uh, and then, you know, little did we know what was going to happen. Could you imagine I mean, that Ren that and time- Six is still amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We would be talking about this split card that is Terminate Wrath of God. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. so good. Um, I think that one of the one of the interesting applications for the card is slotting it into uh, mid-range decks that don't want to have to play Toxic Deluge but should play Toxic Deluge. Yep. You know, like the mid-range yep. deck just goes, I don't want a Wrath. You know, yep. but I have to have one because my opponents might be playing True Name Nemesis, and you know, there's there's always got to be a stopgap. So they often just concede to the fact and go, okay, I'll have Toxic Deluge in my deck, in my bug mid range deck, just in case I ever need it. I don't want to have to play it. Um, you no longer have to do that. You just play Dam, and it's there for your junk or you know four color mid range uh, deck. You, when you need to wrath the board, you can wrath the board. It's incredibly yeah. flexible. It's, it does the thing that Wrath of God doesn't do, which is you're a control deck and you're going, if I get to my fourth land drop, I completely stabilize. This game is over. And you miss your fourth land drop. And that one turn alone, you lose the game. And yeah. you don't have that. You just go, damn, I'm just going to destroy that creature. You know? Yeah. And it's really can't be overstated how good it is for a mid-range deck and even for some aggro decks to have mm-hmm. wrath as an option mm. like even if 90 percent of the time you're just going to be like yep get that blocker out of the way bash you for those games where your opponents just got all the removal and they've got you know five creatures to your two you just go sweet yep let's go again i've you know um yeah damn is damn good mm-hmm. all right so it's me again yeah <laughs> I, I would give an honorable mention if if I was not to talk about Dam, I would mention Prismatic Ending as my fourth one. I think it's quite interesting. Uh, yeah. Go and have a look yep. at it. It's just basically uh, for a multicolor deck, one mana, exile a one mana thing, two mana, exile a two mana thing, three mana, yep. you can choose to exile a three mana thing. Really yep. good for control decks to deal with uh, Carpet of Flowers and Choke, uh, you know, all these kinds of cards. Oh, actually, so. just, just going back to Out of Time for a second, because um, I just scrolled past it. Um one interesting thing about it is it's a wrath that kills hexproof creatures and indestructible creatures. Oh, oh um, yeah. Because it just it doesn't target anything; it just phases everything out, puts them all under the hat. Thrums nightmare. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Phasing for any of our listeners who aren't familiar with it um, is a mechanic that for a long time scared everyone until someone came up with the metaphor of the hat zone. So basically what happens is, so you cast out of time, there's four creatures in play, and the game pretends that a hat has been put on top of those creatures. So no cards or effects can see under the hat. The hat protects them from everything. They don't exist. They can't attack. They're just in a hat. Mm-hmm. And then when you remove the hat, they're in play like they'd never left. So facing is just a hat zone. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> What's your number four? Uh, no, that was my n- number four. No, my number, number three, three sorry. My number three is Ragavan Nimble Pilferer. Oh, uh, I should have known. <laughs> I should have known. Um, this card is great. <laughs> this card is incredible. It's so, so you. <laughs> I mean, it, it is very me. Um, Ragavan is one red for a 2-1. It's got dash, one, and a red. Um Whenever Ragavan Nimble Pilferer deals combat damage to a player, create a treasure token and exile the top card of that player's library until mm-hmm. end of turn you can cast that card. This is so good. Insane. Like, <laughs> it's, um, someone pointed out that it's kind of like a red Deathrite Shaman. Um, oh, interesting. In that it deals them to and generates mana. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, most of the time you're going to be exiling whatever 
But in Highlander, your opponent's deck is usually going to be full of powerful spells. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are going to be a lot of times where you're like, oh, I, I've exiled your lightning bolt. Yes, I will bolt you in the head or bolt that creature. Or like, you know, and you can always live the dream of hitting their Time Walk or Ancestral. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's an Islander for you. And just having your opponent, you know, weep into their beer. Um, it's it's so cool that uh, Zergo Bellstrike has been going to the gym and just looked, <laughs> it's just turned into came, a monkey. came back, just became just became make some treasure tokens, you know, cast your spells. Um, yeah, when when I saw it, I'm like, wow. So I don't have to play Zergo anymore. Oh no, wait a second, I'll play them together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Goes in the same there, there was deck. a there was a great meme someone made of there was some pro saying, ah, oh, look. I think they were talking about modern. I'm not sure Ragavan's good enough, but it's interesting that Red's got other things to do. And then uh, Kai Budi was responding saying, are you out of your mind? Ragavan's amazing. And mm-hmm. then, you know, the third part of the meme was Amazonian responding with monkey. <laughs> 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 oh, so good. So good. Um, what's your number three? Uh, my number three is Grist the Hunger Tide. Now, oh, Grist. Yeah. This, this card... Oh, there's there's so much going on on this card. Yeah, um, I had to read it many times. I'm still not <laughs> sure exactly what it entirely does, but every time I look at it, I'm like, there's so much cool text on this, all this stuff, and the art is disgusting. It oh, the is, art is awful. Oh, just this nightmare fuel. But yet, I kind of want it, you know. <laughs> um, so. Gris the Hunger Tide is uh, one black and green. So three mana, legendary planeswalker Grist uh, for three loyalty. Now, I'm going to read the static later. Uh, the plus one is create a one one black and green insect creature token, then mill a card. Uh, irrelevant text. So basically the relevant text is uh, if an insect card was milled this way, put a loyalty counter on Grist, repeat this process. It's very relevant for Highlander because you're not playing four Grists. We'll come back to that later. But basically, plus one, make a 1-1 one, one and mill a card. Mm-hmm. Uh, minus two, you can choose to sacrifice a creature. Uh, when you do, destroy target creature or planeswalker. Uh, or planeswalker being really, really relevant here. Um and then minus five, the ultimate is each opponent loses life equal to the number of creature cards in your graveyard. Now, the clincher text is the actually the static is my feeling. Um, as long as Grist the Hunger Tide isn't on the battlefield, i.e. it's in your library usually. Uh, or your it's, hand. Or, or your hand or uh, your sideboard for um, some tutors. Uh, or your graveyard. Or your graveyard. Uh, so uh, it's a 1-1 one, one insect creature in addition to its other types. So, <laughs> to, yeah. to try and sum this up, uh, the best comparison is uh, Doretti Ingenious Iconoclast. Now, uh, Doretti has the ability to kind of make this kind of little construct critter, um, sacrifice Sac- contrast to destroy things, um, is three mana, has, you know, a, a loyalty that goes up to, you know, four to add, be about out of bolt range. Um, so it, it, it does, the plus one and the minus two do very much what Doretti does. And Doretti uh, sees play in Highlander. Um, it's not a, you know, ubiquitous play, but it does see play and has a lot of... Uh, Doretti's good. Yeah, yeah. It's got, like, a, the ability to help your grind matchups, which is nice, um, and is... Uh, the the key planeswalker casting cost, which is three. You know, three is where you kind of want to be to be really competitive. Uh, two, if you're red or six. <laughs> um, now, the 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 keys to why I think this card is something I really really want to play. Um, maybe it won't be dominant, but I really want to play it. Is the fact that I can worldly tutor to put Grist on top of my deck. I like that. Um, I you can. can- you know, Green like Sun's Zenith for it. Green Sun's Zenith for Grist the Hunger Tide. Like how how else are you going to um, you know flex on your opponent than find a Planeswalker <laughs> with your Green Sun Zenith? Um, you can return it to the battlefield with your return target creature from your graveyard effects, kind of like in the um, previous discussion we had about the Priest of Felrites, where you're playing Junk. So now Junk plays Priest of Felrites and Grist, and you can also use it to return Grist. So that's really cool. Um, and then. 
un- unlike a lot of uh, three mana planeswalkers, maybe not a lot of mo- many three mana planeswalkers, their ultimates tend to be not the absolute win the games that the four mana planeswalkers tend to be. Uh, this minus five will probably win you the game. In the decks that you're playing Grist in typically, you know, not like uh, hard control decks, but mid-rangey decks, uh, in a mid-range deck, you're just going to minus five and just 12 your opponent. And that'll be enough because you're mid-range, so you've already attacked with the Tarmogoyf at least once in your game. <laughs> I really like this card. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, it. I'm sure is going to cause some rules problems. Some things to watch out for. So you can animate dead a Grist, but then it immediately dies because mm-hmm. once it comes into play, it stops being a creature and the animate mm-hmm. dead falls off, I think, probably. And you don't um, have a chance to activate the loyalty, you know, at no, instant speed. No. Unless someone... um, you can birthing pot it into play. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm stoked to turn a Strangle yeah. Geist into Grist. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, use the Grist to sacrifice your Strangle Geist again. To then destroy their ochre. <laughs> uh, so my, my question is, if you're playing a deck where your goal is to um, empty your opponent's library, do you play Grist for the mill? Oh. Sorry, that's just a, a terrible joke. Anyway. Um, <laughs> that, that's a joke two? that amuses probably literally only me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, moving right along. Uh, yeah. I, I think Grist is... Weird as hell and also great. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I suspect that there's a bunch of things you can do with it that aren't immediately obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get it with Protean Hulk. No. Oh. Yeah, um, yeah, good point. Yeah, there's going to be so many cool things that come up. <laughs> you know, I'm waiting for someone to you know break it in some kind of shell, but I'm just going to play it for its text, and I think I'll play it in a mid-range deck and be happy. <laughs> Yeah. So what's All your right. number two on your list? My number two is... Getting to the I heavy hitters now. Suspect is your number one or your number two. All right, nice. I think I know um, what it's going to be. It's a goblin shaman. Yeah, I think I know what it's going to be. It's <laughs> Ignoble Hierarch. Yeah. So Ignoble Hierarch is exactly Noble Hierarch, except it taps for Jund colors instead of Bant colors. So it's a green mana for a zero one with Exalted. Uh, it's a goblin shaman, which goblin is a super relevant creature type. Mm-hmm. And it taps for black, red, or green. Yep. This card is literally insane. Like, yeah. When when it was spoiled, I'm like, did did they do it? Did they literally do it this? Fake. Yeah, it like, just... No, I, I think I saw it on Reddit first, and I'm like, oh, well, that isn't a card. Yeah, great oh. fan creation. And then I saw yeah, other people posting, you know. and I'm like, oh, is this really a card? <laughs> like... <laughs> Um, this card is so good. Um, it's... When, mm, yeah, you go. When when, when uh, people haven't played Noble Hierarch and then they play Noble Hierarch and they go, huh, this is so much better than Alanoa Elves. You know, oh, but it's got zero power. <laughs> no, it's so much better in so many metrics. And... Um, I'm really, really uh, happy to play uh, tempo decks that have uh, mana dorks, you know, nowadays, and because they allow you to vault ahead. There's so so many so many reasons, but they have really, really a steep drop off. So in in those tempo decks, you're kind of Deathrat Shaman, Noble Hierarch, and then Birds of Paradise because it taps for all colors of mana, you know, but not because not because it has any other upsides, you know. Um, so those first two, when you're on a tempo deck and you draw one of those in your opener, you go, I'm going to have a good day. And then you draw the Birds of Paradise, you go, I'm going to have a consistent day. Uh, but then you draw the fourth one, you know, your Arbor Elf, and you're like, yeah, it does what I guess I want to do, you know. Um, when that Arbor Elf is now... <laughs> Ignoble Hierarch, oh my goodness. Being able to attack your Tarmogoyfs through their Tarmogoyfs and um, being able to tap to consistently play Liliana, the last hope, which uh, uh, Noble Hierarch couldn't do. Uh, I I am stoked for this card. It is insane. I, I think does it come in old border? This... Uh, yes, I believe it does. Oh, um, I just died. I, I'm pretty literally. sure the old I'm border dead. foils are going to be like $100 million. Yeah, true. That thought sees was insanely expensive. <laughs> um, the thing about this is, I'm pretty sure this is the first, other than Birds of Paradise, the first 
one mana mana dork that taps for red. Wow. Ever printed. Um, yeah, because there's like that that really bad tinder wall. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. There, there, there's some really terrible cards that you have to sacrifice. An orc um, that sacrifices forests to you know yep, lumberjack yep, them. But <laughs> like, if you're after a you know consistent, persistent mana dork that taps for red, let alone also for black uh, and green, mm-hmm. uh, I think this might be the only one, and it's so good. Oh, it's um, insane. There's there's just we we can't say you know how how good it is in a 45 minutes of an episode but what we can say is insert here all text of noble hierarch of why this is good plus it casts liliana the veil more consistently and liliana last hope i mean um well, and you know, but just, also like for highlander specifically goblins has already been uh, a deck that's been putting up some pretty mm-hmm. decent results uh, and this card is so great in that deck because a lot of them splash for green anyway for various uh, combo pieces Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that deck gaining an extra mana dork. Um, like, I'm pretty sure every Jun deck in the format is just like, yep, ka-ching, in. Um, yeah, for p- perspective, every junk deck runs Elves yep. of Deep Shadow. <laughs> and you yep. just put this in and you're just have your deck's better. <laughs> like, sorry, Elves of Deep Shadow, your art is great, but get out. Yep, yep. Sad <laughs> times, right? Retire that card. <laughs> Um, All right, what's so your number I'll, two? Or was I'll it talk that? about my number two. My number one was Ignoble Hierarch. Ah, okay. So I'm just stoked for this card. So I'll talk about my number two as my final card. Uh, this is Unmarked Grave. Now, uh, it's uh, two mana, uh, one and a black, for a sorcery. Uh, and it says, Entomb a non-legendary card, i.e. search your library for a, no- a card, put it into your graveyard, then shuffle your library. Um, now, this is, you know, strictly worse in every metric, probably, <laughs> except for cast, you know, against Dispel. Um, and mental misstep. Mental misstep, <laughs> yeah. You know, st- strictly worse, for the most part, uh, than yeah. Entomb. However, there's only ever been one Entomb in Highlander. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I, I well, think... No, there, you- there have been two. The other one's just called Gamble and doesn't always work. Yeah, g- Gamble, that's right. <laughs> And Gamble, like, look at how much play Gamble gets. Gamble yeah. gets so much play because Entomb is only a one-off, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So um, you find your life from the loan with your Gamble and so on and so forth. Um, and sometimes obviously, you get lucky and put it in the bin. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, and uh, uh, the reanimated decks are playing Gamble, uh, you know, sometimes to just put it, put the creature in there. Uh, the only exception is, say, you know, Storm that aggressively plays Gamble and not in Tomb. Um, and... Uh, this this card essentially adds an additional copy of a card that we have so little access to in Highlander to the point that I believe that it um, you know further validates archetypes that either may not yet exist, which is very exciting, um, or uh, adds consistency to archetypes that have been on the low um, numbers. Things like uh, lands, as a great example, has been on really, really low numbers recently, last kind of two years or so. Um, so part of that is due to the fact that Strip Mine went to two and Renan Six went to uh, one, um, you know, just as part of the fact that you kind of go, well, I. I really aggressively use all of my seven points. Now I have to make a choice of whether play, I play Ren and Six or, you know, Fast Bond. And, and those kind of car, uh, choices are really, really hard. So um, adding an additional uh, uh, version of Life from the Loam to those decks might be able to push them into a consistent playable territory. But I'm really, really excited to see the decks that don't exist yet because... That's sometimes you just have this bottleneck and this bottleneck is there's only one or two of this particular effect. Therefore, this deck doesn't exist. And then suddenly there's three and now it exists in Highlander. So I'm excited to see what people brew up. Yeah, Mm. look, it's a cool card. And as we've said on previous podcasts, second copies of effects are so valuable. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, do you want to know what my number so, one yeah, is? Yeah, what's your, what's your finale? So, so this finale, is a card that uh, Sarf and I were you know, putting together some lists today. Um, he, in his list, had a list of cards that he described as weird cards. 
<laughs> yeah, um, one's like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I yeah, just cannot interpret this card. I don't know if it's good. I don't know and, what it even does practically. And one of them, I think, is easily the best card in the set. Really? Um, oh, okay. I'm, I'm interested now. So this is Douthy Voidwalker. Oh, so this is black, black for a 3-2 with shadow. Now that's already kind of okay. Like it's an essentially unblockable 3-2. Mm-hmm. Um, if a card would be put into an opponent's graveyard from anywhere, instead exile it with a void counter on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, as icing on the cake, tap sacrifice Dowthy Voidwalker, choose an exiled card an opponent owns with a void counter on it, you may play it without paying its mana cost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I had this th- card found is really hard to interpret. <laughs> bonkers. So, l- let's look at some of the things it does. Um, yep. It stops Breach Combo. Because they just their cards get exiled as soon as they go to the Oh right. Um, yes. It, it, you know, it, it makes it oh. makes delve and snapcaster and everything like that much worse because all the cards get exiled. Like any cards mm. that were already in their bin stay there, but anything new that tries to go to the graveyard gets exiled. Um and you know yeah, so, that, so that you can do all of that and just be a three two Peter as just like an amazing yeah. hate bear. For, for reference, people who've played Anaphens of the Foremost. Yeah. Um, yep. That that's a three mana that does that only to creatures and yep. I've been on the receiving end of it and gone, ah, this completely shuts me down, you know? Yep. Where you just go, what? why? Why is this little trinket text here just totally stopping me being able to, ex- you know, my, my Uro is going to explore. I can't explore and then set up for the next turn. I just yep. have to choose to explore with it. And yep, Uro gone. Um, this, yeah, but so this, this, is, this does so it for all cards. And the other thing that's great about it is... Yeah, it does it for all cards. The other thing that's great about it is... Um, if you think your opponent's graveyard doesn't really matter... You can just be like... Alright, turn two, I play this. Turn three, um, I'm going to Thought Seize you. And I'll take like... Oh, you know, let's go to an extreme. I'm going to take Ugin from your hand. Mm-hmm. It gets exiled. And then this guy sacrifices himself and I've got an Ugin. Wait, um, you don't have to pay its mana? No, without oh, paying its mana. Okay, right, right. Wow, I just <laughs> did not. I glossed over that totally. I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, I'll play their fetch land, or you know, play their you know removal spell. Yeah. Oh, no, it, that's it, very good. <laughs> it plays anything for free that's been exiled by uh, it. Um, you, you can like if you've got a Lurus, you can just keep bringing this back and doing it to them. Um, Scott is just bonkers. I'm pretty sure. Um, wow, and if you if you interpret it as um, Wheel of Sun and Moon has been played quite a bit in Highlander as a yep. sideboard card, uh, where it's kind of one sided, so that you don't interrupt your combos and you know like uh, yeah, that's right. It doesn't stop your graveyard. Deck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like so, this if I interpret it as it's Wheel of Sun and Moon that attacks for three is unblockable. Sure, it can't block, but in the right deck, you don't want to block. Uh, and also all the things that you've wheel and sun and moon away don't go back into their deck. They're gone forever. And you get to cast them if you wanted to. You get to cast one of them because you do have to sacrifice it to to do it. But yeah, it's it's really, really powerful. Um, Okay, this is way better than I... (laughs) Well, I I didn't think it was bad. I was just like, I don't know if this is good. But now I know it's good. I think it's good. It is definitely (laughs) one of those cards that you, you know, do a bit of a double take on. Yeah. yeah. So... Mm. Those nice. are some of our top cards from the set. There are just so many more that are worth talking about that just do weird and wonderful things. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, like, if I, I, I can't can wait until off... we've got time to talk about Chitter Splitter. Yeah. I, I don't think any of these will be on our <laughs> on our lists, but basically there's, this honourable mention thing will take me two minutes to power through, and essentially... Um, if you want to play Archon of Cruelty, that's just another Reanimator target that gen- generates a bit of value. Uh, if you want to play Piru the Volatile in Reanimator, um, it's a bit of a one-sided Wrath effect, which is nice. Uh, you can play Turak Dread Canter, and that's basically four mana him with a four three attached to it. Um, but you can't, you know, blink it and do cool things because it's a, a kicker. Um, Sanctifier Envec is a graveyard hate card that has uh, protection from red and black, so specifically against Neiman Burn to stop those, you know, zombies coming back. 
Uh, Sanctum Weaver is a magus of the Sarah's Sanctum, is what I wrote down as my <laughs> my note to self. Um, there's Sithis Hand of the Harvest, which is just another Enchantress effect at two mana, which is really, really nice to have for Enchantress decks. Um, Master of Death is just yet another squee effect for survival decks. Um, Fractured Sanity uh, is for anyone who wants to brill some uh, mill, brill, <laughs> brill, <laughs> brew some mill decks. Uh, Profane Tutor is a slower, um, co- uh, you know, uh, tutor it's a suspend demonic tutor. tutor. Yeah, just a set up a combo for later on. Yep. Verdant Command is a two mana. A spell that will give you two 1-1 one, one squirrels and exile a key graveyard card for the most part. There are other effects too. Um, Sudden Edict just basically adds to the strictly better cards that make my foil Diabolic Edict cry. Um, the Tireless Provisioner is Tireless Tracker for food and treasure, but doesn't get plus one on counters. Yeah, it doesn't get plus one plus counters, but yeah, you know, uh, often if your tracker is doing that, you're winning. <laughs> um, just... Not to interrupt you too much, but don't think of it so much as Tyler's Tracker. Think of it as Lotus Cobra, Lotus Cobra but the yeah. mana stays around. Yeah, yeah, that that uh, is really, really good. Um, moderation, uh, it lets you canter it with every spell that you cast, but you basically have rule of law on yourself. I think yeah. something is here. There's some kind of brew here someone can make. Um General Ferris Rockerick is yet another um, Hero of Precinct 1 type of card for oh, yes, yeah, multicolour yeah. human decks. You know, these these, these uh, human decks like to have lots of, uh, you know, two-colour critters so you can generate more tokens, but their tokens are swole. Um, diamond Lion is a really slow Lion's Eye Diamond, so if you can wait to set up that effect, then, yeah, your combo deck might want that. Um, Void Mirror is... Really, really insanely good against one specific deck. Um, so I so think you've misunderstood the exact text of this card based on what you've said in the, the document. Yeah, so if it's uh, a uh, card that's cast for not coloured mana, so. No, no. It, it, it's not that it, it's not if it's cast for not coloured mana, if, if no coloured mana was spent. If so, no coloured mana was spent. Yes, yeah. So um, one thing this is good against is, for instance, the the any free spell. So force of will can't this counters it. Oh, okay, right, right, yep. So that does actually affect at least force of will and some of these new cards evoke yeah. cards. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah but where it doesn't affect um, some breeds of the the heavy artifact decks as much is so if you're casting. Oh, let's go back to old mate Ugin. Mm-hmm. And you spend seven colorless months. Ma- ma- so I'll read Void Mirror first. Hang on. Void mm-hmm. Mirror costs two mana. Whenever a player casts a spell, if no colored mana was spent to cast it, counter it. So if you spend seven colorless and a red on your Ugin, yeah, Void fine. Mirror doesn't care. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's a weird card mm-hmm. um, that yeah. could be a good hate piece against some narrow decks. That's it. And, and you know, the, if the deck's playing an academy you know, Talarian Academy, then it kind of completely invalidates Void Mirror. But if you they're specifically on that, you know, mono-brown deck that's using, you know, Thran Dynamos to power out uh, big cards and the like, uh, you completely hose them. So if that's in your metagame, then it might be worth a sideboard slot. And it can be really good against the Academy decks, but only if you cast them in the first turn or two. Like, you yes. can prevent them from ramping up to the point where they can cast all their Accelerants mm-hmm. um, or slow them down. But yeah, it's... It's a weird card. It's weird and niche, and I think, yeah. In oh, the specific niche. meta, it might be really, really good <clears throat> as one of your 15, but in almost every other open meta, you're not going to play it. You'll just play a, a um, you know, Null Rod or something. Um, yeah. The last two honourable mentions are uh, um, Zabaz Glimmer Wasp, which is just another yeah, affinity it. card. Um and uh, the last one is this cycle of tapped artifact jewel lands. So if you really, really needed that seventh affinity land, then yeah, sure, go for it. Um, or if you do the color selection, maybe that might be useful. Yeah. Um, and they are all indestructible as well. Yeah, indestructible is uh, you know so definitely a bonus. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I did have a to, to close. I did have a funny honorable mention, and that was to all of the squirrel arts. They're just all yeah. really vicious looking, but really funny. So I think there's a couple of those squirrels that might actually be secretly very good. 
Oh, interesting. Um, Maybe we'll we'll hear about it on the next uh, episode when we uh, hear the go into some more communities. Like, oh, I built this insane squirrel deck, tribal squirrels, and it's just insanely good. <laughs> or you know, or suddenly now the best junk card is a squirrel. And, uh, and the last um, funny honorable mention is for Garth One Eye uh, making Black Lotus tokens that aren't printed in the set. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Such is life. Yeah, um, sad, sad and- times. And then we're done. Um, so, as usual, if you want to hear more from us, um, you can subscribe to the podcast. You can uh, follow us on Facebook, uh, on Patreon, uh, where you can chip in money to support us and help us support the community if you want. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. Those are all uh, just, you know, the Highlander cast, at the Highlander cast, etc., that kind of thing. Um, there's a Discord group, which we'll link below, which is for Seven Point Highlander in general, where we've been running a massive uh highlander tournament which has had 200 players in it and first prize which is going to be given out in a couple of weeks is a mox emerald so Mm -hmm. that's been is it not an online card this is an actual literal factual mox emerald (laughs) you know yeah i think came up i think when (laughs) isaac came up with the plan he's like yeah i can afford to give away two and a half thousand dollars worth of mox emerald uh and it's a lot more giveaway than that now (laughs) oh it's insane (laughs) Um, get on it and yeah look Come and say hi in the Discord. The format's great. Um, It's Mm. booming at the moment. And that's the end of the episode. Nice. We'll catch you on the next episode where we cover the other 500 cards in this set that are insanely good. Yeah, for the next four episodes. (laughs) (laughs) See you then. Bye. Nice. And that's a wrap. Ah, nice.